Welcome to Girl Talk with your host, Melissa Ann. Girl Talk is that show which discusses the real issues black women face being a mom, a dad, a wife, a girlfriend, a sister, a co-worker, a therapist, or whatever hat black women wear on any particular day. Why? Because black women are just dope. Without further ado, here is your host, Melissa Ann. Welcome to Girl Talk with your girl, Melissa Ann. Listen, today's show is about tenacity. Many times as a black woman, we have to be overachievers and that requires being tenacious. That requires being adaptable. That requires sometimes being superhuman. Some people don't even understand how we do it. Um, and I call it putting on your cape. And we have many capes, but to, joining me today is Miss Amber Richbook, who I think is the epitome of Tenacious once you hear her story and what she's overcome. But without further ado, Amber, please um, introduce yourself. Yes. For, so first, I absolutely have to say thank you for having me. Like, I don't take this opportunity for granted. So absolutely thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. So a little bit about me, I am known as Amber Rich Book, and I consider myself a multifaceted individual. I am first a mother of three girls, and then I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I am on the go always, all days. Um, <laughs> and I consider myself, or not consider myself, but I also serve others as a spiritual advisor. So I, I'm pretty busy. I'm pretty busy. And that's where that tenacity comes in. <laughs> well, I think you got more than just uh, just being a spiritual advisor and being a mom and, <laughs> and being a serial entrepreneur, which I've never heard that term, I don't think. But I think you have been through some stuff, which Absolutely. has propelled you into some of the things that you're talking about with such grace as if they're easy. <laughs> so you are a single mom of three, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, three, seven and under. Yeah, and you still have the ability to be a serial entrepreneur. But before we talk about the many projects that you're talking about, I'll give you some time to talk about those. I know you have a story. Yes. And your story, as I mentioned, embodies tenaciousness. It embodies being superhuman. And it, it embodies being what I just described as um, being adaptable, which we, we yes. typically have to do as Black women is, is adapt. So I'd love for the audience to hear a part of your story of what you've overcome, which is just amazing. So I absolutely want to echo what you're saying, but also put it like this. I think that being a black woman is a superpower. Okay. I so take it. I want to just put that out there. And so I think my part, my story is twofold. I think that it is relatable on many levels. And so I guess the first part of my story is, Back in 2012, I was involved in a car accident to which my car was totaled and I lost all of my cognitive skills. What does that mean? And cognitive abilities. That means being able to speak, being able to 
think as fast as I used to, I was not able to do that. So there was once a time when I was in college, I could have the TV on, I could have the music playing and I, I would be studying. And I had a 4.0 in GPA. You see that I just I just stuttered. So I still stutter sometimes, but I've mastered it to a certain extent. And so with that, I ended up having a stutter, which is that's my speech impediment. But I'm a I'm a public speaker. So imagine that. Right. I'm a public speaker with a stutter. I don't think anybody would have noticed if you didn't point it out. (laughs) And that's the thing, because I just keep going. I'm like, okay, it happens. Yeah. Um, and I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to tie my shoes again. Um, my equilibrium was off for months. So I had I had Velcro sneakers, y'all, and I had sliding shoes because I didn't know how to tie my shoes. And then it wow. was trying to bend over uh, to tie my shoes. But the, the graciousness in that is in that moment before my accident, I absolutely... Now I can say that I'm grateful for it because the path that I was going down, it wasn't that I was going down a horrible path, but my ego was allowing me to get ahead of myself. Okay. Talk about that. What does that mean? It meant that everybody owed me something for my presence being there. Mm. Everybody owed me something because it was like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm doing? Do you know what I've done? And it was more so of... And when I explain this to people, I explain it that I was navigating and living out of fear, fear that someone would uncover that I was this little girl who just wanted to be accepted, this little girl who just wanted to be loved, this little girl who just wanted hugs and validation all at the same time. And so instead of necessarily looking for it from people, I began to create it on my own and to create my own status. And so when I had my car accident, that status was taken away from me because I go from this 100% what I felt was independent to completely dependent upon others. And I lost everything. I lost my home. I lost my car, of course, right? I didn't have, I lost my jobs because I was working multiple jobs. I was um, a beacon in my community, like creating programs for high school students. And I lost, I lost all of that. And the funniest thing about this is that I was still in college yeah, and, and you know, you're a spiritual advisor, so you know that God has a way of humbling us. Oh, yeah. And was... we don't necessarily want it to be to that extreme, but we, yeah. can't, we can't tell God what to do. Yeah, that was like my Paul and on my road to Damascus. I'm like, yeah. I'm about to burn all these Christians up because y'all don't know what y'all talking about. I'm living my best life. Woopty, woopty, woo. Jesus was like, all right, cool then. <laughs> you're blinded. <laughs> and you got to recover for 18 months because that's how long it took me to recover. And on top of that, I found out I was pregnant through the car accident. So I had no idea that I was pregnant. And wow. so now on top of losing everything and then trying to recover and I'm and I'm stuttering, and I can't speak to people. And the only way I spoke to people was either through text or I had a notepad that I carried around with me to write down what it was that I wanted to say. And so trying to distinguish between symptoms from the car accident and symptoms of being pregnant was a whole nother beast in itself too. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Like what, how did you feel in those times, right? We're talking about tenacious, but, and we are super women and superhuman and superheroes and all these things, but we feel, right? And sometimes we mask those feelings with other things. So what were you feeling during those times? Like, Oh, life was over. It was the Mm -hmm. end of the world. Yeah. It was the end of the world for me. And it really forced me 
to look at myself right then where I was. So this is the beautiful thing too about our growth, whether spiritual, everything is spiritual, right? Everything is personal about our growth is that we can only focus on where we are right there in that moment. And it doesn't mean that I arrived in that moment at that point of healing, but I, I healed from that aspect. And then I continued on in life. Okay, now there's I'm presented with another situation and there's something that I needed to heal through. But here in this particular case, I did not feel good. I felt so unsure of myself. I felt like a failure. Mm, right? Failure. I yes, I felt like a failure. I'm like, this can't happen to me. Not me, but it did. But how about your support system? Like you talked about, like you walked around, I was a shit. So did people say, well, you ain't the shit anymore, so we can't really help you? Or did people rally around you and give you the support yeah. you needed that you would may have not necessarily given them, right? Yeah. The reality. No. So that's the thing, right? I did give that support. I was that person, right? We're going to call Amber. Whatever we need, we can always call Amber. I was like a young black godfather. Okay. Little girl, that was the godfather. They're going to come to me. They're going to ask me, and I'm going to support them through it. So when I fell, it was like, and I'm not trying to compare myself to any type of divinity, but it was like, our sending master, what are we going to do? She can't speak to us. And so naturally, like everything, things fall by the wayside because if they're like if you're our strength and you're no longer here what 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 can we do so did so people were relying on you to be their strength talk to me a little bit about that because that's that seemed like a setup from the beginning so this is so multifaceted and i feel like it's a deeper conversation it will be a conversation in its own because there's two types of experiences that people have like you got people pleasers Yep. which I was, I was an avid people pleaser. And then you have the receivers, which mm -hmm. you owe me this. And okay. so it's like, oh, I got it. I got it. So that you can let people know that Amber did this to help you. Okay. I'm going to give and do for you because that's what fulfilled me at the time. Seeing, right, you know, some people say, okay, well, what makes you happy? And then the moment that someone says, I just want to see other people happy, that makes me happy. That's a red flag right there. I just want to see other people happy because that means you do not know yourself. You do. You are not connected with yourself and your happiness comes from outside of you. I would agree with that, but I don't know if it's a red flag because I get joy out of seeing other people prosper. I'm a connector. Yes. I'm a connector. Mm -hmm. I'm a person that gets pleasure out of helping other people. So I don't know if it's a red pleasure flag. Pleasure and happiness. But Two different yeah. Now, the flip side of that, where I think is a red flag, is that it's so much to the other side that I forget myself. Like, I forget mm -hmm. to do for myself because I am doing for others. Mm -hmm. Is that what you were experiencing? Yes and no. So, it was for my own fulfillment. So, that's what I mean. You know, the people who give to homeless, but they're recording it and they're like, this is yeah. me, look at me, giving back. It was right. like, look, you seen all these people I help? I do this because I'm a connector too, because I still give of myself. I still connect. I, it brings me joy and pleasure to see me being able to contribute to other people's lives. And that's why wealth is important to me, because the more wealth that I gain and have exposure to, I'm able to give back and to contribute to other people and serve others. The issue comes in to twofold. You either one, forget about yourself or you need to be recognized 
for the work that you do. Yeah. My connections now and the joy and the pleasure is I'm okay with the behind the scenes. I want you to figure it out. I'm just here to assist you. Right? Okay. It's not for a recognition from anybody. Whereas before it's like, look, this is what I do. Let me, you know, I don't know if you've ever met somebody who just run you your, their credentials. They like, I went to this school, this school, this school. Or you, we talked about, you got to kiss the ring, right? You got to kiss the that, ring. Yeah. yeah. That, that, order I think that's to, what I'm trying to, trying yeah. to say. You got to yes. kiss the ring to be in my circle. If you don't kiss the ring, then you're not in my circle. Now, those people may exude some type of tenacity, but they're not necessarily for the good, right? The tenacity mm -hmm. is self-serving. Mm -hmm. And so when you went through what you went through, and I, I want people to understand, not only you have an accident, but you got you know three daughters that you're a single mom to. Yeah. What, what is the strength? Where do you get your strength? Where do you get your tenacity? And how, do you, how, have you, how did you have to adapt? I mean, we talk about being adaptable, but you were in a situation where you, you had to learn everything all over again. How did you yeah. adapt to that? So this is multifaceted, and I'll just combine combine the two um, because those were two different periods in my life as far as the accident and then going through the divorce. Yeah. But you're always adapting, and I think when you start to pay attention to yourself and be cognizant of your life, you will understand that you're always adapting and you're always changing the difference right is that when sometimes these life experiences come and they knock you off your feet and because you're not cognizantly paying attention or being present with yourself the adapting part seems like something that you can't do or the right. impossible right but the reality of it is is that you've always been doing it and so it's an innate uh character trait that we all have and so the thing about the adaptability, what, what turns out for it to be the challenge is us resisting. Are we resisting the experience that we're, ha we're going through or are we allowing for it to, ha to happen to us? And so in both of those experiences, both the car accident and my divorce, it was like allowing it. And so when you allow it in these particular quote unquote losses, because understand after an end and a, be a beginning comes, you gotta grieve the process. You gotta you gotta go through the grieving process, right? Sometimes people think grieving is just when someone you love passes away. No, you grieve people, places, things, experiences, memories. Yeah. Comfort. You grieve comfort. You grieve what you've been familiar with. Because when you're grieving, that means there's a beginning coming that you may not understand. So that was the tenaciousness. And so people oftentimes like they say, okay, well, my why is for my daughters. No, my why is for my legacy. Why? Because sometimes when we make it just about my daughters, right? An obligation comes, right? Or a reciprocal expectation of an obligation. And so sometimes when I explain to people, my children are going to grow up and they're going to become adults. And I, I want them to choose lives that they desire, not based on I got to do this because mom did this for me, but because mm -hmm. mom did this for me, no, mom did this because mom chose to do this. So I get to be a mom, right? I get to be a single mom every day. Like I just got $89 in child support. I got three kids. What am, and, and we coming out of pandemic. What am I going to do? What am I going to do with $89? Well, let me tell you something, sis. You got $89 more than I ever got total in 27 years. <laughs> 
But what other choice do we have? So we can continue to adapt and allow, or we can continue to adapt and resist. Okay, on the resistance, that's when we experience the stress. That's when we experience the pain. That's when we experience the heartache. That's when we experience the frustration. When we when we allow and we're like, yo, we're going to adapt and allow, that means, okay. I'm like, yo, he played me. But then because you allow, it's like, okay. But guess what? I can travel and not have to ask somebody, can I take my kids out the country? I can, I can go different places and do what I want, when I want, how I want, and not have to worry about arguing with somebody over whose weekend it is yeah but that's the that's the that's your feeling right there's three girls that have a different opinion as they grow up right so that's the thing though right so this is where healing comes into place because my intention has always been to provide my children a childhood that they don't have to heal from it doesn't mean that they don't need a father or i don't want them to have a father but if this is not serving them, my my daughters have, I have always taught them ever since the moment that we've gone through the divorce, that people have the responsibility to treat you well. And just as people have the responsibility to treat you well, you have the responsibility to treat other well. Well, how do you break this down to children who, who they see a father, they want a father figure? Okay, well, what does daddy being there feel like? What does that look like? Okay, play with me with my Barbies. Play with me with these things. Okay, are you experiencing those things? No. Okay, it hurts, but here's what, right? The thing that we grow up a lot is that grown folks don't explain, don't talk to children. Adults did not talk to children, did not explain to children and break things down because we as adults, and I'm speaking now, right, from my generation, from my parents, they feel like children don't understand, but children are the most tenacious beings out there. Children are the most resilient They are the most vulnerable. They are the most transparent. They are the strongest. They are the most ambitious. They are the most willing and they have the ability and the capability and more so emotional maturity. So Father's Day just passed. I was having a conniption fit. I'm like, they're at camp. All these other kids are like, oh, my dad, my dad, my dad. And my daughter was like, well, I got a mom and that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> right. But then yeah. also when you when you begin to adapt and allow, sometimes what we experience, some solo mothers don't befriend and have platonic male friends, which they can step in and provide male guidance and male support around in that experience. And I'm humbled enough that I begin to allow myself to open up to curate friendships so that my daughters can have uncle figures and father like figures. To say, okay, this is how we can build relationship with men. So it doesn't mean that things are perfect. It just means, okay, what happens, right? We grew up, our parents yell at us. They don't tell, they don't, our parents don't ever come back and apologize for the things that they've done. But the difference in my experience is that, okay, when mommy makes a mistake, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear how you feel. I'm going to validate your feeling. I'm not just going to tell you to do something just because mommy said, I'm going to explain to you. Mommy doesn't want you to touch the stove because if you touch the stove, you can burn your hand. If you burn your hand, it's going to hurt and it may leave a wound, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mommy doesn't want you running up and down the stairs. But all we heard was stop going in inside out my house. Stop running up and down my steps. Stop doing this. Okay, what are, when are we going to start teaching our children to start doing something? Yeah, I get it. And I think we're we kind of, that's a whole new topic is yeah. our, our, our kids. Because you said how, the three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how we real. I think that 
it's actually another topic I would love you to come back with some other ladies who are single mothers because I think there will be varying varying opinions. I think that, um, yes, you're right. We need to coach our kids on the why. But I think that I, like for myself, I don't know how my daughter feels um, growing up in a single parent home because I had two parents. So down the, down the road, I would never understand what she's feeling, although she may not be articulating it is all that I'm telling you is that, you know, when they get older, there may be a sense of, okay, yeah, I grew up with a single mom who was great and gave me all these things and, and was open and honest with me, but why wasn't that parent there? So I think that's a conversation that we can have. Um, and I'd love to bring yeah, you back yeah, for yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. As, and as, as a side note, everybody's yeah. different, right? So everybody's path is different. Every, and so this would be a great conversation because, you know, people parent different and everybody's experiences are different. Yep, they do. Everybody does have different experiences. So talk to me about a moment where, you know, you were at your, your, your breaking point and you had to say, okay, I'm not going to let this situation overcome me is where you really had to use your tenacity or what I have, have coined as never give up to -ness. You know, you reach a peak and you reach a cap and that's different for everyone. My cap was when my ex-husband took all my money out of my bank account because he thought I was going to leave him. And of course there was like abuse and fighting and domestic violence and stuff like that happening. And it was like, all right, cool. Amber, now or never, because I would rather not, I would rather raise my children in a happy single mother home than a two parent household that's toxic. And all they see is a man and a woman fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. and there's no comfort or reciprocal love. And so I like packed my babies up and left. And at this time I'm traveling for work. So I had no money to my name at all. If mm -hmm. I didn't have a company credit card at the time, I would not be able to eat, live, etc. And so it comes a time where it's a peaceful, like one of those, there's, there's no other way out. And so when you come to that, so to yourself and you like, okay, I decide and it's an adapting and allowing type experience. It doesn't mean it's happy or pleasurable. It just means that strategy will come to you divine for my experience divine inspiration and guidance will come to you as far as what do you need to do so off of a two thousand dollar loan from my bank is how i am this amber i am today to be able to say okay now i got a bank account now i got this loan i'm gonna use this loan to get an apartment i'm gonna get this apartment i'm gonna when i get my first paycheck start on a payment plan buy this do this do this and a plan will come to you and then when you understand my children, I didn't give them an opportunity to see me grieve or to cry. And if there were moments where they did see me crying, being able to explain to them that what my tears were for in a way that they could understand, in a way that they could cope, and in a way to to share with them that they they can't make me happy, right? They don't own my emotional path. So you just got to know that enough is enough, but enough is different for everybody. It is, but you hit on some real stuff. Like you said, I had to use my corporate card to survive. Yeah. That's real. That is real. Like, you know, and and some people that have 
have means don't understand that that corporate card that you have that job and, and you might work at a really great company, but you're driving to that job every day and you're broke. And that corporate card that you're not really supposed to use is, is the way that you are surviving. And that talks about, that talks to the adaptability by any means necessary. By uh, any means necessary, the $2,000 that you, the loan that you got, you had to figure out how do I take this loan and maximize it? That's adapt being adaptable. That we don't talk about all of those things that black women have to figure out. And I want you to get on another show. We're talking about this dude that's bashing black women around there, Kevin Samuels or whatever his name is, around there bashing black women and and the fellas are joining in, but they'll hear this this right here. So no, they hear this right here, right? And what do they say? They say, well, you should have chose a better partner to have children with. <laughs> I was a virgin in college and I ain't never have a boyfriend. And this was my first boyfriend. And I did exactly what grandma told me to do. She was like, you gonna, you gonna graduate high school. You gonna go to college. You gonna do good. You gonna find you a husband in college. You gonna have some babies and y'all gonna grandma. Don't ever give me no more advice. Cause I don't want it. Don't want it. Right. That's, and they said, well, you should have chosen a better part. Well, how, well, I'll be damned. I didn't know. But I also came from a, a single mother home and my dad was around, but he never, he never taught me nothing about nothing. I just had a conversation with my dad, like, yo, why didn't you ever teach me about men? But then you realize half of these men that are joining in and, and, you know, high-fiving, they're not operating at their highest potential or their, their optimal version either. They're broken too. They're broken too. Right. Somebody right. did something to that man where he has to knock women down on their daggone heels to make himself feel better. Every time I hear something coming out of that camp, I'm pissed off. Yep. Oh, and, and you got women that co-sign too and join in too. I know, but the women that's sitting there listening like, yeah, you are right. No, he's not. What I say to those people is if people, this is my thing, right? I explain to people, if you focus on healing, and sometimes when people think of healing, they automatically think like something traumatic happened, a breakup, or that, that, that. No, healing is a lifelong process and experience. If you focus on healing and becoming your optimal self and the best version of yourself and your favorite self, and that's what I'm talking about, the happiness that's within. And that's where you know that giving to others fuels you. It brings you absolute joy, but also the ability to be able to sit in a room by yourself and laugh and smile and become whole because what happens is a lot of relationships are broken people coming together thinking that the other person is their piece of the puzzle to be fit but the thing is marriage or sacred unions or relationships should be two whole individuals coming together with with the intention to be together to grow and expand but when you got broken pieces going on and somebody yelled now you mad because they put the ketchup in the refrigerator and you put it in in the cupboard or you yeah. mad because they put the syrup in the refrigerator but you put the syrup in the cupboard but then when you're two whole individuals you you become admired you're like oh boo, boo why you put it in the, the refrigerator and then you become open to learning this person's individuality 
And then it's no problem having two syrups. There's no problem having two ketchups because you know that your boo like they ketchup and they syrup in the refrigerator and you like yours in the cupboard. That's right. Yeah, we gotta have to have you back on the YouTube with the fellas. And we'll talk about that after this, but yes. you have a bunch of projects that you're working on that, you know, I'd love for you to share not only where people can reach you, your website, but talk about um, some of the projects that you have or events that you have coming up so people know who Amber Rich Book is. Man, so the biggest thing is follow me on Instagram at a.richbook because that's where I am all the time, all days, always. That's where you can find me. And yeah, all my other platforms are connected in my bio. Uh, what I have coming up for women, I have a women's experience called Cupcakes, Cocktails, and Conversations. And we're having a pajama party on August 13th where we are connecting with our inner girls, our inner child healing experience. But it's like girl crafts, fun, food, games, all for women, not for little girls, but for the little girls within us. Um, you know, cause I was one of them little girls. My mama ain't let me go to slumber parties. So now I get to do it as an adult. <laughs> um, but yeah, just stay connected with me. I'm all about healing. Uh, follow my brand, Ancestral Energy. Um, cap that. I just, I don't know. Average book is where you can find me and you'll get more of this juice, more of this, whatever I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a lot of it. So it was really exciting to have this conversation with you. I definitely want you to come back. I had a great time with you. I hope that those who are listening either on YouTube or on any of the platforms where we're streaming, that they got something, some nuggets out of this that they can not only share with themselves or yes. take in themselves, but share with others. Thank you. Any Thank parting you. words? Um, I honestly just want to thank you for allowing me to be on Girl Talk um, because this was a really great conversation. I wish we had more time because I'm like, girl, I could just talk because I've healed through these things. So my last words to anyone listening is just to own yourself, own your journey and adapt and allow. Awesome. And you know what? This has been an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation. So thank you again. And as always, I see you because I am you. You have just listened to the Girl Talk podcast with your host, Melissa Ann. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Until next time, remember, I see you because I am you.